We're really glad that you're our friends, and this podcast will never ever end. Yeah, we welcome and thank you for letting us in. Welcome to the Holy Shoot Wrestling Podcast, a podcast that is all about the world of professional wrestling. I am your host, Broderick, and joining me today is... Yo, 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 it's J-Dog. Okay, uh, Oscar's a pig. <laughs> it's, it's, it's me, Sam. I couldn't think of a cool rap name, so just put one in here in your head and pretend I said it and laugh. Okay, Scabby the Witch. That'll do. <laughs> Did Chen die? Chen, you gonna say anything? Hey, Chen? this is Chen. <laughs> I am the wizard or the witch, I guess. <laughs> Jason, <laughs> Sam's a witch. You, you can be the buzzard. You can be the buzzard. Yeah. I tend to try to do the buzzard impression quickly, but I couldn't think of like a good way to do it, and I had Conan K Dog thing in my head, so I was like, I'm doing that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yowie wowie. Um, I just really want to do that. How you do? How you all doing, guys? I'm good. Oh, well, I'm, I'm stressed from work, but I'm good. But I'm pouring a lovely beer right now, if you can see. Oh, what, what, oh yeah. What do you have? Look, look at the lovely beer. So I'm drinking oh, one of the beers oh. I brought back from Brussels. So I've got a Bush Triple, which is 10.5%. Oh. That is powerful. So it, I like expect- my Belgian beers. Jason also likes his Bush. Um, yeah. <laughs> expect me to slur my speech by the oh, end of the show. More I was going to say. Uh, Sam, what beer do you have? You I, 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 I should say as well, Chen says this is unprofessional, but all three of us except him are drinking, so I put it to him <laughs> that actually he is the unprofessional one yeah, by we, not we, fulfilling we the minimum the beer pod, quota. We, we can Well, you don't drink on the pod. What you can't see is I've got a bottle of whiskey just down behind my desk with a big straw, um, so I'll get through it. No, in in all seriousness, I have a classy Tisky. It's Poland's own. A classy beer. One pound a can. Can't go wrong. Beers of the world here. (laughs) And I have gone for the good old Brooklyn Lager. Not the East Coast IPA, which is better, but, you know, this will have to do. And it's delicious. We yeah, are I, the United Nations of beer. i got to say, lads, this oh. week I'm getting, like, G1 withdrawals. It was night one on Saturday, and now they've having, they're making us wait, like, a whole other week for the next bit. I can't take it. I'm on New Japan World just consuming, like, anything vaguely New Japan related. It's like Game of Thrones, except with a better script. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, at least you appreciate that, Chan. Um, by the way, Sam, FYI, the Chicken Wing Festival, it was only £5 a pint. Wow, that is cheap yeah. for London. And it's Goose Island. Once uh, I went to uh, WCPW shows. Does anyone remember them before they broke down? I went to no, it just outside. They're now Defiant. Oh, yeah, Defiant Wrestling, yes. Um, Post Blompier, but we won't talk about that. Um, and, and yeah, so I went to a WCPW show in Altrincham, just outside Manchester. I was in the queue for the bar, and in front of me, there was a group of about four lads complaining about the fact that the beer was four pints for £12. I was like, lads, what planet are you from where three pounds a pint is expensive? And then they had a go at me, and they called me a London wanker. Yeah. And, and they'd They're probably the be right. Yeah. They, they, they've never been... Uh... They've never been to the Shire. They, they've only known Mordor the entire time. Oh, life. yeah, exactly. I mean, to them, £3 for a pint of Carling seems expensive. 
Yeah. Well, there goes half our audience. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, coming up on today's show, ladies and gentlemen, or my fireflies, as you'll now be referred to for the rest of this podcast, uh, we will be talking about the best and worst of 2019 so far. And that will start right after this break. From the highs of a new promotion in All Elite Wrestling and John Moxley returning to the scene from his Dean Ambrose character to the lows of the fourth dawn of WrestleMania 35 to the created drudgery of the main roster. It's safe to say that 2019 has been one of the most interesting and intriguing years in the history of professional wrestling and it's only the 9th of July at the time of recording. So, in order to celebrate what has been quite frankly a bizarre year in the world of professional wrestling we here at holy short at holy shoot thought it'd be a good idea to share with you fireflies that are best and worst of 2019 so far so it's kind of basically like an awards ceremony so we're going to go through the best in this part and in the following part we'll go through the worst which is the stuff that i know that you'll really love uh because jason is a miserable bastard Chen is a miserable bastard. Sam is a miserable bastard. Oh, you know and it. I am a beautiful ray of sunshine. Fuck you all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you, uh, at least you laughed at my joke, Sam. Uh, so, shall we just uh, get underway, gentlemen? Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, okay, brilliant. So, let's talk uh, match of the year. Let's make that our first uh, one. So... We have Adam Colvers, well, I've wrote down a few uh, nominations in our script. So I've included Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano and Pete Dunne versus Volta at TakeOver New York. Ricochet versus Johnny Gargano at TakeOver Phoenix. Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano at TakeOver 25. Kenny Omega, Hiroshi Tanahashi at New Japan Wrestle Kingdom 13. Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takagi from Best of Super Juniors Final 12. Uh, Juice Robinson versus John Moxie. In the same event, Will Ospreay versus Dragon Lee at New Japan Dominion, Gail Kim versus Tessa Blanchard at Impact Rebellion, LAX versus Lucha Brothers at Impact Homecoming, Cody versus Dustin Rose at All Elite Wrestling's Double or Nothing, and Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston WrestleMania 35. All made my shortlist, but Jason, I'm going to start with you because you have quite a few you want to add to that list. And who's your winner for a match of the year? Well, I guess let me let me add a couple to it first. Um, I think first of all, it's amazing. These are some great matches at the halfway point of the year. I guess the first half has a lot of big shows. It'd be interesting how the second half does. But I imagine one of these is going to be match of the year unless something amazing happens at All Out or SummerSlam or something. But on the subject of SummerSlam, WWE themselves. There's a few NXT matches here, but there's only one you've listed from WWE, which is Kofi v Daniel Bryan. I actually prefer the Elimination Chamber match, which has both of these participants in from February, which Daniel Bryan ended up winning. I think that would be a better choice as a WWE nomination. I really enjoyed that match. And I think the end sequence between Daniel Bryan and Kofi was amazing because we didn't see it coming. So I had that. And then from the from the UK, 
I'm, I'm trying to remember what chapter this was on, but it was Progress where we saw Swords of Essex take on Aussie Open for the tag team belts in what was about a 40, 45 minute TLC match at the Electric Ballroom. Mm. I thought they were both honourable mm. mentions. Um, did you want me to pick my one match at this point of all of these options? Or did anyone uh, want to throw this in first? Uh, Sam, you've got a couple, right? Uh, no, my honourable mention was going to be that... Um... Uh, that tag match that we saw at Progress. I was fortunate enough to be at like the two chapters before that, so I was there for all all the build and all, all the hype. And yeah, it was it was a stormer, absolutely. If, if I'm correct, that actually happened the exactly a week before WrestleMania 35, so that would be March 31st. So I can yeah, tell you the date, ladies and gentlemen, if you do want to check that out. Yes, well uh, worth watching. It it was the start of WrestleMania week for us, which was quite cool. Well, not for me. I was in Wiltshire. But Chen, uh, do you have anything you want to add here before we go through our match of the year? So for me, I've got Matt Riddle versus Roderick Strong at NXT Takeover. I did debate that. It was good. That that was a great match. And I had the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers at AEW. And that's the only two I would want to add. To the list that you lot put on. Ah, well, that, I, the, the two very good choices indeed. So, Chen, since you spoke up, uh, what's your match of the year so far? We have to add in brackets mm. so far. Well, when I look at the list, the three that sh- excited me the most, but in a good... When I mean excited me was that... It shot me like, oh, wow, this is a really good match. And I can't believe, like, it turned out to be a great match. Like, when I see Kenny Omega versus Tanahashi, I expect it to be a great match. When I see Mm -hmm. Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano, I expect it to be a good match. But I would have to say it will probably be, for me, Matt Riddle versus Roderick Strong. Because I always... I would always say that with Matt Riddle, I've seen him wrestle live and everything. He's a great person. Um, His character, I'm not really that interested in, but the matches I've seen him in mostly were basically with multiple people in it, if you get Mm. me. And this was like the first big match that he had that I was like, wow, it takes two to tango and Matt Riddle really did his part and his... He, you know, not just his in-ring ability always gets better, but his psychology as well. Like, he, mm. I couldn't tell if he was carrying Roderick Strong or Roderick Strong was carrying Matt Riddle. Or I don't think they were always carrying each other, to be yeah. honest. Uh, uh, well, that's an interesting choice, and actually it's a great match, and people should definitely watch that. Uh, Sam, what's your match of the year? So, for me, uh, I think it's probably, uh, uh, this may not surprise you, it's not a match produced by the WWE. Uh, for me, what? it's either Will Ospreay versus Shingo Takagi as, like, in terms of sort of modern wrestling showcase, you can't get really a better example than that. Or it's going to be Cody versus Dustin from Double or Nothing, where in terms of like uh, maybe not the most technically amazing match, not that they they were bad in the ring, don't get me wrong, but like they're not they're not Will Ospreay. Um, But but in terms of like emotional impact, storyline, how much I got completely drawn in, there's not been a match like that for me in in this half of the year. Um, So I think I have to pick one. 
Yep. Or I think probably Cody versus Dustin. The promo afterwards was like, yeah, it got me, man. Um, and I don't think Will Ospreay's ever done anything. Definitely not you, this year. You got close. caught by it. You got caught out by inconsistent storytelling with that promo at the end. I'm just throwing it out there. Great match. <laughs> Great match. But if that was WWE, it would get burned alive. I am just saying that. So I, I think I, I'm it, calling it out for what it is. It's a, it's a left turn out of nowhere. I think it made sense for them to make friends afterwards. If you're, you know, I've had some really vicious fights with my actual brother, and when we resolve things, it is like that. Like we go from I'm, I'm never speaking to you again to like now we're best friends again. <laughs> so I didn't think you it was that strange. Did you give him like the crimson mask and cut him open? Yeah, I quite often. Well, yeah, I quite often cut him on the head. Oh wow! <laughs> no, I don't. That's not true, uh, Charlie. If you're listening, um, please, please back me up. Um, and and don't. All right, tell Sam's him. going to jail. Uh, <laughs> Jason, um, what's your match yeah. of the year so far? So, I mean, I probably echoing what these guys have said. There've been some amazing matches i'm thinking of like the likes of osprey omega the young bucks like chen friend that went in there was a good shout but for me it's got to be the one that i felt most affected by and drawn into so it's got to be cody v dustin Rhodes. and i agree i'm not so much a fan of that last promo but oh. everything about it on the show though in terms of the promo package before with the country music video it was a great little package the entrances, the emotion they had the crimson mask uh, it's like, not the, they, not the just, cody entrance either no I enjoyed that. I, I, I like the Cody entrance too. too, yeah. Gotcha, so, I, thought it was, I thought it was bullshit. I was like, what's the point of this? Like, Thanks, Chen. Chen, so, Chen says so, truth. And to be <laughs> fair, I, I don't get it because Triple H ushered... I, would, I don't want to say ushered in Cody, but Cody's first big match was against Triple H when he was part really? of Randy Orton's crew. Uh, good point. Cody be Dustin because it's actually if you go through all these matches it's the one that I remember the most in terms of the key moments in it and just love the mm. fact that it was well booked and it was actually blood done in a really good way yeah I think that was a fantastic match um, my match of the year is going to be no surprise I was there NXT TakeOver New York Adam Cajol versus Johnny Gargano two out of three falls I have never marked out so hard in my entire life when it came to that final four. Uh, Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole, two of my favourite wrestlers right now. Johnny Gargano has never had a bad match in NXT as far as I'm concerned. And, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I don't really have much to say beyond that. It was just a phenomenal experience to be there. Um, so clearly I'm biased and uh, unashamedly so. So how do we decide what gets the award? Uh, it's just our individual choices. Um, I, I think it's the majority because then the thing that I said gets the award. <laughs> uh, I agree. People's people's vote. <laughs> uh, it's a democracy, and um, just look. Cody versus Dustin is also five stars in my opinion. So you know, yeah, everyone's yeah. a winner. Everyone's a winner. It's Everyone. our individual choices. We should have really clarified that, but. Um, yeah. I mean, there are no prizes, so everyone yeah. can have an award. Yeah, there there are no prizes. Yeah, I think next time we do this, when it's the actual end of the year, we'll give out prizes. But yeah, um, yeah cool. So let's move on to show of the year so far, and I've again listed a few down that 
uh, might tickle our fancy and your fancy, ladies and gentlemen at home. Uh, my Fireflies at home, should I say. NXT TakeOver New York, New Japan Wrestle Kingdom 13, All Elite Wrestling Double or Nothing, WWE WrestleMania 35, Impact Homecoming, Eve Wrestle Kingdom 2. Jason, what's your show of the year? Is it any one of those six? Yeah, I mean, I can't think of anything better than this. I mean, honourable mention, just from a personal point of view, was the Chris Wolf retirement show yes. that Eve did at the Resistance Gallery, which will never win one of these polls. And when you think about it, it's completely absurd. But I remember being there with Sam and Arjun, and I actually felt like I was having more fun than I had at WrestleMania because it was just completely absurd and fun. Um, so honourable mention for me for that, but it's not the winner for me. I'm going to go, God, it's between TakeOver New York and Wrestle Kingdom 13, really. And I'm going to go TakeOver New York, slightly personal, because I was there and it was amazing. Yeah, I'm just going to throw TakeOver New York as my show of the year so far. Not just because I was there, even if I removed that out of it, I felt every match was four star and above. It does help that it's only five matches, but I think... I was going to say, that helps. It's all killer, no filler. Yeah, essentially. I mean, this is a five-star show. This is an A-plus show. Um, no question. It is the best takeover that's ever happened. Um, I've watched it back. So, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, there there is not a takeover that even com- comes close to comparing, in my opinion, in terms of just how excellent every single match is. And the other five I've mentioned, all really good shows too, so they're definitely worth checking out. Sam? Um, yeah, I, I like Jason. Um, I wanted to throw in a quick honourable mention of, again, I wanted to say the same show, the Chris Wolf Retirement Show. Um, I think wrestling is very different when you go to see it live versus when you're watching it on TV. Uh, not necessarily better or worse. There's just there's things that work for a live audience, I think, that don't work as well on TV. And there's stuff that works on TV that doesn't work when you're watching it live, too. Like anything, any street fight or any backstage segment is absolute dog shit when you see it live. But Chris Wolf's Retirement show didn't have any of them it was an excellent night of extremely good fun uh, wrestling possibly my live show of the year um but in actual uh, actual show of the year serious serious critical pick or show of the half year yeah uh, for me it's probably between wrestle kingdom 13 and double or nothing with an honorable mention for eve's wrestle kingdom 2 although again i think i saw that live so i think the the live experience uh, i can't really judge it along in the same way that i can judge wrestle kingdom 13 versus double or nothing uh, and i think i'm going to go with wrestle kingdom 13 actually for me yeah. um it had uh, like the culmination of loads and loads of big storylines. Uh, lots of people thought there were kind of dead matches. I thought basically every match was worth watching for me, uh, whereas Double or Nothing had a couple of duds. So, yeah, Wrestle Kingdom 13, it was a cracking show. Yeah, I think Wrestle Kingdom 13 is a slightly better show of the two. And, uh, yeah, Omega vs. Tanahashi is one of my favourite matches of the year. So, uh, definitely, exactly. definitely, um, definitely an honourable pick. Um, what about you, Chen? So, when I think of Wrestle Kingdom 13, I remember enjoying it, but when I look back on it, I just think about, to me, all I remember, it was like the the last matches for some of the Bullet Club members at New Japan Wrestling. Yep. Yeah, Um, Representing Bullet Club. That's all I can, that's the first thing that comes to my head, but I can't remember, apart from the main event, the rest of the matches itself. Yeah, like Sam said, double or nothing. 
Oh, sorry, that's my window. Shut your window. Sorry, oh. sorry, everyone. Professional, professional, professional. I've shut it now. Sorry. Soundproof is my... Oh, my days. Sorry, Chen. I mean, to be honest, I did think you were farting down the microphone. Um, <laughs> no, it's some bloody rude boy outside. This is why I live in West London. People can't afford cars there. Oh! No, that's also definitely not true if you spend any amount of time in London. Um, anyway. Sad, sad. I hope your brother busts you up. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Right. Violent. Wow. But as I say, when I think of a um, double or nothing, like Sam said, there were some done matches, but it was the second most successful pay-per-view that the Young Bucks and Cody have managed to put on. And the first one representing their new company. But honestly, I'll probably just go with TakeOver New York so far as the great, the best pay-per-view so far. Yeah, well, that's uh, three for TakeOver New York, Sam. Uh... <laughs> Some amazing shit. <laughs> what a good... But when you look yeah. at the first I... half of the year and you see that, you realise, actually, it's not all been bad. Yeah. No, I'm... it's been a good year for wrestling. I mean, all six shows are definitely worth watching. I think, you know, Wrestle Kingdom 13 has some fantastic matches. Double or Nothing, the last hour in particular, last hour and a half, it's really good. WrestleMania 35, actually some of the best booking WWE has done in years. Uh, yep. Impact Homecoming, great way to introduce anybody to Impact Wrestling. That is an A-minor show at least. And Eve's Wrestle Kingdom 2, I had a blast, and that's why I put it in there. So all six, if you can watch it, find it, you know, uh, Great wrestling involved in all six shows. So let's move on to moment of the year so far. And I've noted a few down here. Roman Reigns return. Becky two bouts. Um, Kofi Kingston gets to the top of WWE. Will Ospreay wins best of Super Juniors, a junior heavyweight title in a short space of time. The birth of All Elite Wrestling. John Moxley's return to... Uh, AW, New Japan, independent scene, whatever you want to call it. But John Moxley's current run... And hashtag DIY reunite in NY. Um, so, Sam, I'm going to start with you because I haven't started with you yet. What's your moment of the year? So, uh, for Becky Two Belts, are we saying the moment that she won the belts or the moment that she was kind of put into the match or like the uh, whole program? WrestleMania 35. Okay, yeah, then not that because. I think the program was incredible. The build was amazing, but the way that, that she won the belts, I don't, it's none of their faults really. It's just the finish didn't have. It wasn't as impactful as I thought. Like the final, the end of a WrestleMania main event, and like an iconic kind of history-defining moment mm. should have had. Do you know what I mean? She needed yeah. to win with a big power move or something, a really decisive pin, so that it's like yeah. a big yeah kick to the back well, of the they, neck kind of moment. They fucked that up after seven and a half hours, basically. As well. Yeah, basically, so, yeah. So... yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so for me, I think actually I'm going to go with Kofi Kingston winning the belt because I watched WrestleMania in, unlike you guys watching it live, I watched it in a bar near London Bridge with a load of other people and Kofi mm. Kingston winning the match was got like far and away the biggest pop of the night uh, definitely from me as well it was a great moment that whole program was fantastic and then everyone knew he was going to win the belt and then they still popped like he they weren't expecting it when he did so you know yeah that's that, that uh, for me is probably my moment of the half year yeah 
Yeah, I think that's a pretty good moment. Uh, yeah, it was a huge pop at WrestleMania. Absolutely huge. It was the biggest pop of the night when he won and killed the crowd after that. Um, but yeah, uh, I, didn't I Skype call you during that? Yes, you show? did. Yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it was during. The, I think it was during the women's tag title match. That I didn't care about. Um, or I just remember being shown title. a phone like, "Look, Brod, he's in the arena." And I was like, "Oh yeah, cool. Technology's yeah, amazing." Stadium. <laughs> yeah, sorry, stadium. I was planning to call you guys at some point. I just wasn't sure when. Um, so yeah, Jason, what's your moment of the year? So I'm going to add one option to this but similar to what um sam was just saying i don't think becky two belts is the moment you would include but becky winning the royal rumble we have to forget about yeah. all the crap they did after that with taking her out of the match putting her back in but if you think about that particular moment the way they milked it as well with lana getting injured waiting for becky to come out making us wait for becky to appear finley talking about it they milked it and then the crowd went mental when she got in the ring and then her winning was pretty cool it was so very i'll give good. her credit for that but I'm going to go, I'm going to be sentimental and say my moment of the year was the Roman Reigns return. I'm not mm. the biggest Roman Reigns fan, but when he returned, said, yeah, I'm in remission and came across like a normal bloke. You know, he wasn't Roman Reigns' big dog. And I know that he's, he's, he's sneaking that in a little bit more. I'm still hoping that he keeps a bit of the true, like, Joe character in there. But just because yeah. of that being really good news and feeling really happy for him, I'm going to go for that. Yeah, I agree. Roman Reigns returns gets uh, my moment of the year. I know it's sentimental, but it's just so obvious. Like, man beats cancer. You can't really beat that or top that. Chan, what about you? Well, I'm looking at the list. Seriously, guys, how can you forget the guy who ended Kurt Angle's career at WrestleMania project? You Chen, were there. Of <laughs> that was a big moment. Like, Rod, I, I should point out, listeners, that comment's upset Brod so much. He's taken his headphones off and he's put his microphone down and he's just gone. I think that might be... I, he's, he, I can hear he's left his room. Oh, no, he's back. It's okay. It's okay, everyone. <laughs> Chen, I should have realised that, that there'd be a Baron Corbin moment for you and that'd be the one to go with. Yeah. Oh, that is my oh. second favourite moment. That's Kurt Angle, one of the greatest wrestlers ever. Saying this is the next guy to have a long career. Jesus Christ! <laughs> but, but yeah, the number one moment will be Roman Reigns. Come on, anyone who beats cancer is a real life champion. At the end of the day, not according to Sam because Kofi Kingston. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest with you, lads. I had for. I don't know how, but on reading this list, I forgot all about the Roman Reigns cancer stuff. And I was just like, oh, that's a WWE storyline. I just don't remember. So I, I won't say that. I, I don't know. That's a real life. I know, it was a real, I know it was a real thing. And I know it happened. I just forgot. It's, if you'd written Roman Reigns return from cancer, I'd have been like, oh, no, shit. Yeah, that was really cool. I, I, I will Superman punch you through the laptop. <laughs> Listen, I didn't pop when he won his match at WrestleMania, but I did pop for Kofi. And, and that's what this is about. Oh my days! Okay, let's <laughs> I don't on. mean I don't mean that. I'm doing, I'm doing irony. I'm doing irony. What I actually think is the opposite of what I just said. Just to be clear, you're not very good at that sort of stuff. Though. <laughs> I'm trying. You're trying my patience. <laughs> 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 let's move on swiftly to tag team of the year so far uh, i've put down a few lucha brothers 
for their work at Impact in All Elite Wrestling and AAA. Young Bucks, All Elite Wrestling, AAA. LAX, their work in Impact, SoCal Uncensored for their stuff on the indie scene. Street Profits and Undisputed Era from NXT. I am going to start things off. I'm going to go Lucha Brothers. I think they've been fantastic on whatever brand they're doing. Admittedly, I don't love this stuff on All Elite Wrestling, but that's more of a Young Bucks thing. But that's just personal take. I just think Lucha Brothers have been fantastic and they've gone up and up in stock. So kudos to them. Chen? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Lucha Brothers. Um, to me, the obviously the Young Bucks, always, I always like their matches. But to me, personally, their more achievements this year were, instead of matches, just starting a brand, a new business. But wrestling-wise, I think the Lucha Brothers have so much better, uh, mm. better wrestling matches overall. Fair enough. Uh, Jason? I love tag team wrestling, but I'm almost like annoyed there's not an obvious standout here for me at the moment. And I wish the Revival were that standout, but they're just obviously not getting that chance to do tag team wrestling on the main roster in WWE. So maybe in the second half of the year they can do it. So I can't say the Revival. Um, I'm probably going to go, I guess, Lucha Bros as well, just from what I've seen of them, in particular, like their matches with the Young Bucks and other people. The Young Bucks and Britain are good, but the Lucha Brothers, it just makes a bit more sense what they're doing with all the high-flying stuff. It just seems to come together more. So I'll go with Lucha. Yeah, and Sam? So I've just got one very quick honourable mention here before I go into my actual pick. Uh, we would be remiss, after mentioning their ladder match they had with the Swords of Essex, uh, we'd be remiss to not mention Aussie Open in Tag Team of the Year, I think. They consistently impress... Uh, they are an incredible tag team. Every time I see them, I think, how are these guys not on any kind of main type TV type show? Yeah, I I also got to chip in with uh, one from the independent scenes, as my honourable mention. Uh, I, I can't believe we forgot this, guys. Miz and Shane McMahon. What a great tag chance they were. <laughs> Rod, this is the Absolutely good one. heartbroken when they split up. <laughs> We've got the bad I kind of enjoyed that work. <laughs> the Miz made that work. Yeah, and then they shat the bed after WrestleMania. Um, yeah, sorry. I no, just but, really wanted to do that. So, uh, so what's your pick of tag team of the year, Sam? So, yeah, Aussie Open aside, they're great. Look at look them up. Watch their matches. They're fantastic. I am going to go with LAX. I think uh, I knew basically all of the other tag teams in this list already, and I kind of already <laughs> knew that they were really good. I didn't know how insanely good LAX are. I saw them in a showcase match. I can't even remember who they were wrestling at Progress. I think they were wrestling the 918, maybe. That's Flash Morgan Webster and... Yeah wild boar um but they were like they were incredible and then i watched slammiversary on sunday as well not on sunday i watched it yesterday yeah uh, and that yesterday. their match was incredible on that they're so good doing all that good tag team like ring general type stuff as well as all the acrobatic stuff as well spot yeah, on they they were a close second they had a crazy year like the tlc match with lucha brothers worth watching the match with impact homecoming with lucha brothers was awesome as well as uh do watch Impact's anniversary. Great show. Um, but their triple threat tag match with the North and the Rascals was great fun. So LAX is a great pick. Um, yeah, that that was a close second for me. It was I was really torn between Lucha Brothers yeah. and LAX. Um, so let's move on to promo of the year. And uh, I've put down nominees including Cody, Becky Lynch, Daniel Bryan, 
New Day, John Moxley, R Truth, and the Iconics. Um, but what about you, Jason? I believe you thought I missed a few off the list. Um, well, I, are we talking like overall promos or one in particular, or just overall best promo. talker? Overall yeah, best promo. Talker, so okay. yeah, best mic worker, yeah, pretty much. Um, I'd give a definitely a mention to Velveteen Dream. Whenever he's on the mic, he's been gold. And I know he's missed some of it, but Champa was so good before the injury. It almost feels like Tomasa gets some honourable mention because, damn, he's a good heel. Um, if you ask me to pick one, I'm going to go with Becky and forget about the last few weeks of the Seth-Becky romance. Because before that, she was on fire every time she was cutting on promo during her meteoric rise. Yeah, that's a very good mention. Uh, what about you, Chen? Well, I did like Daniel Bryan's promo as soon as he started turning. As soon as he started turning heel, mm-hmm. um, I just always liked how he called us hypocrites and everything like that. Uh, yeah, like Jason said, Becky and t- all, everything Becky did basically before she was with Seth Rollins. But if we're talking about one particular promo of the year that. I was like, whoa, wow, like one particular promo. It was Goldberg on SmackDown. Oh. I got me interested. Chen, uh, we're doing the bad half after the break in the middle. <laughs> this is supposed <laughs> to be no, the good no, half. No, no, in fairness, Goldberg's promo was not bad. Um, I thought even, it was really good. I, I'm going to deny you that joke. It, it was a good promo. It's just not the best. Okay, um, fair enough. <laughs> I'm dying. Um, Chen, that's what you've done to me. So you're saying Becky Lynch. Yeah. You realise there's a mute button, Brad, right? Yeah. Professionals. I've been using, I've been using the mute button trying to, but just uh, I've been having this cough for two weeks. I apologise, ladies and gentlemen. I apologise for Jason's rudeness, that is, to me. <laughs> um, Sam, who do you me? think is the best promo of the year? Yeah. Uh, Honourable mention, I've got to say it, Zack Sabre Jr., Every single post-match interview he does for New Japan is fucking brilliant. The last one, he lost his match to Sonada at the G1 last weekend. Spoilers, everyone, sorry, but you should have seen it by now. Uh, and afterwards, he said, that referee, Marty Asami, is so dense, lent light bends around him, which I thought, that's a cracking line. Uh, yeah, he's just very good, very funny, worth and worth watching backstage comments. Didn't he also say that putting on a technical match for the US is like, was it, what was it he said, like, it's like painting... A Picasso for dogs or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember the exact quote, but it was it was something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. He says he's gonna have the he's gonna die with the Rev Pro belt, and it's gonna be buried with him next to Karl Marx and all kinds of other other good lines like that. But uh, a serious uh, point, or my actual promo of the year, I think I'm gonna go with Daniel Bryan. I loved the stuff he did in the build for WrestleMania when he was being the Planet's champion and like. Yeah, exactly. And I, ev- I nearly went with Daniel Bryan because of what you're saying. He's he it's was definitely so good. There. Like everything he said was completely true about like consumerism, recycling, kind of gluttony of of, of society. But you still hated him for it. It's like sh- shut up, Daniel. Stop exposing these things. <laughs> Which I yeah I really liked, and it was good seeing yeah. him lose to Kofi as well. So. I had an original winner, which is R-Truth, mainly because he's made the 24-7 championship gold, but I'm not going to give it to R-Truth. I then thought about Kevin Owens, because his uh, face stuff has been absolutely brilliant since his return, but I'm not going to give it to Kevin Owens. I'm going to give it to a person I didn't mention, because I just thought of it five minutes ago. 
Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Oh, yeah. He's good. <laughs> the, He's better there's... than you, and you know it. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, like, I know it. I know he's better than me, salt of the earth guy. Um, if you've ever seen him interviewed, uh, there's a great one with Chris Van Vliet um, on YouTube. Watch it. It's 20 minutes of the best kayfabe work you'll watch in 2019. He is I'm, awesome. I love that he doesn't drop the act. I'd be disappointed if he ever does like a shoot promo or turns out he's a really nice guy that has kittens. So it's no, interesting. No, you no, should... I, I, I want to think he's an absolute bastard and that's why I love him. So it's uh... interesting you should say that, Jason, because literally before we recorded this, I watched a documentary made by this guy, Kenny Johnson, on YouTube mm. called Making Maxwell Jacob Friedman. And it, 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 I won't spoil it, but at the beginning, it seems like it's going to be a shoot interview and then it becomes something else. And it is well worth watching. Half an hour of very good stuff. Is that on YouTube? Something... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's on YouTube. He does something similar for Joey Janela called Joey Janela, Please Don't Die. That's also yes. really good. I haven't seen that uh, one yet, but I want to. Yeah. I would definitely be checking that out because I'm a fan of... It's very good. MJF is great. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, from Zero to Hero, the unexpected rise of 2019 so far is the next award. I have got Kofi Kingston, MJF, Jay White, Bailey and Drake Maverick as five potential nominees. I'm going to start this one off. Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Salt of the earth. He's better than me, and I know it, and therefore yeah. he deserves another award. Sam? Uh, this is going to be a short category because I am also... How can you have anyone except MJF? The dude's, like, what, 23 years old, and he's already, like, one of the top guys in the, the biggest, like, up-and-coming wrestling company in the world. And he's as, than you. And he, yeah, he is definitely better than me. And in this case, I do know it. Um, so, yeah, MJF. The others are all, all worth mentioning. Jay White, I mean, yeah, he's definitely had a really incredible year going from, like, why are you in that position that you're in as the head of the Bullet Club to, like, he's filled the big shoes he had, even though it was a bit shaky at the beginning. But he's is still not comparing to MJF. Yep, absolutely. What about you, Jason? So I want to give honourable mention to Drake Maverick because I just he's such an entertaining guy, you know. Mm. But I was t- I was thinking of him in like the talker side because he's every time his run in particular in the last few weeks has been brilliant. But for overall, he's still to his marriage as well. Yeah, but for overall, <laughs> if I look at where they were at the start of the year to where they are now, I'm going with Bailey. I've loved yeah. that they've got behind her since Mania basically, and she's whoa 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 no, hold up hold up I don't get this. This whole hype about Bay, let's keep it real. They're only pushing her just to punish Sasha, in my really? opinion. Not not because she's an amazing oh. worker. Who's always an amazing worker, but oh, all of a sudden God. she just suddenly gets a no, push. No, no, no. It's just, no. A, it's just Vince just saying not. to Sasha, fuck off. This is this is what happens no. when you just go yeah. home. I mean... I mean, being worked. I'd, I, I, I think I'd be lying if I didn't say that there isn't a little part of me that agrees with what Chen's saying. I don't, I'm not saying that Bailey doesn't deserve the push she's getting, but yeah, the I WWE are famously an incredibly petty company. And yeah. while it may not be the main reason they're pushing her, I don't doubt it's a motivation for them. But you could say that uh, maybe that's why they gave her the push. With all, due res- with all due respect, and I'm going to restore order because I don't really care to discuss this topic too much. But what I will say is Sasha on previous occasions has, you know, shown a temperamental side, um, which eventually will get on any employer's nerves 
WWE has been very willing to give Sasha time off when she feels like it, and I suspect it includes now. See, we don't know Sasha's status. We don't know her side of the story. Um, just like we don't know WWE's side of the story. Uh, I think any comment beyond that is kind of disrespectful to Bailey's achievements uh, in 2019. And I'm let, let's just hear Jason's thought and we'll move on. Yeah, we'll see. I think Bailey was nowhere really at the start of the year. Then they brief run with the tag belts, but her work on since I guess Mania when they started giving her a push and putting the belt on her and the way she won the belt from Charlotte, the crowd's into her and she's doing great work at the minute with Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. So I can see her holding the belt for a good few months as well. So definitely yeah. the biggest growth. Yeah, she's definitely one of the very few. Highlights of SmackDown. Weirdly, I'm invested in her again, which says and a lot. But I think it just came. Yeah, sorry. Think about it this way: Have you ever seen a bad Bailey match? I'm trying to think like when she's had bad matches that didn't involve Alexa Bliss, Kendra Stukna. Boom! You beat me to <laughs> it, Roger. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but that, that's not on the worker. Like I think no. a lot of people try. A lot of people want to criticize WWE wrestlers. A lot of the time, it's not them. Lacey Evans, for instance, a lot of people criticize her, saying she's shit. She's not shit. If you watched any match in NXT, you know she's average. <laughs> you know, she's just not ready yet. Um, so, you know, like, loads of, most of the time it's bad booking. Like, Stomping Ground's main event, people didn't like it, bad booking. That's what it is. So, you know, um, I'll allow it. Anyway, uh, but yeah, Bailey probably one of the best workers in WWE. Chen, what's your opinion? Uh, what, yeah. Bailey, I'm a big no. fan. Glad you got the yeah. title, but I stick by what I said. But um, yeah. I'm glad you're performing really well against Green Type, and I hope the best for your future. She'll be happy to hear that. You know she listens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with Kofi from oh. Zero to Hero because when you look at it, the WWE title had nothing going for it. The SmackDown Championship, at least. The Universal title, yeah, the focus is on whoever. It's always going to be treated as the A title, the main title of WWE. And, you know, it was great when AJ Styles had the championship, but then it started dying down. No one started to really care because he beat everyone. Mm-hmm. And then Brian had it, and Brian was making it a bit interesting. And you got to remember, wasn't Mustafa Ali meant to be the original guy getting the push? Yeah. I still think that's a plan, by the way, but we'll, that's a different topic for a time. But yeah, well, whatever happened, Kofi ran with the opportunity given. Mm-hmm. And cool. he made he made the whole storyline very, very interesting and to tune in. I mean, if I was at WrestleMania, that's the one match I'll be like... Ladies and gentlemen, Chen's just experiencing some technical difficulties. Um, <laughs> I think basically Bailey was like, yeah. I'm not having that Chen guy talk shit about me and she's cut him off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Notorious ba- Bailey... hacker Bailey. Yeah, ba- Bailey has those uh, Russian connections. Yeah, yeah. She likes hugging and the Russian mafia. Yeah. <laughs> what a Tinder yeah, okay. profile that would be. <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, this has gone off the rails. Uh, let's move on to women's wrestler of the year since we're talking about women, and that does include uh, in nominations Bailey, Becky Lynch, 
Tessa Blanchard, Tony Storm, Io Shirai and Shayna Baszler. Sam, I'll start with you. Um, so I think uh, out of these, this list, for me, it's probably a short list between uh, Becky Lynch, Tessa Blanchard and Io Shirai. The three of them, incredible wrestlers. Uh, I think everyone, all everyone on this list has had some fairly major achievements this year. Um, but uh, Io Shirai, I'm kind of discounting because while she is undeniably, as Dave Meltzer says, one of the best, if not in like the top two or three uh, women wrestlers in the world, I don't think this year she's had like a breakout moment that's made me go, yeah, that's she's done that. That's her match, her big thing. Whereas obviously Becky Lynch won both the fucking women's titles. So for me, uh, like oh, I said Tessa Blanchard as well. She's just an excellent woman's wrestler all round. Probably one of the best in the world. Um, and actually, you know, draw a draw for Impact is what made me watch Slammiversary this weekend, and she's excellent in that as well. But yeah, Becky Lynch winning the two belts, I think for me, that makes her my Women's Wrestler of the Year, for what that represents. Um, I would agree with you, but this woman has... Um, she's just done amazing things outside of WWE, and that is Tessa Blanchard, and that is undeniable. But uh, Joe, uh, that shit pun aside, her match with Gail Kim was fantastic. Uh, she had a gr- good rivalry with Ty Valkyrie. Getting to see her live at WrestleMania weekend was awesome. And uh, I know this doesn't count as the first half of the year, but her match with Sammy Callahan at Slammiversary was... Uh, I mean, the fact that main evented uh, impacts uh, probably real flagship show bound for glory, in my opinion. But... Uh, it, yeah, it was an amazing main event with Sammy Callahan. Yeah, yeah. She, she takes the crown. She's been fantastic. She's been consistent. She's one of the hardest working women I've ever seen in this industry. She will go on to do great things regardless. Yeah, without a doubt, she's my winner. Jason? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think I'm going to become more and more of a fan of Tessa over the next year or two as I see more of her because from what I've seen like live at WrestleCon and some other bits I think she's really really good um you I'm gonna give... into wrestling, don't you so I definitely check out the Slammiversary main event I'm not yeah. just saying that to try and convince you to like Impact by the way yeah I know and Impact is like I need to make more time for Impact because it's like at the bottom of my list of wrestling I need to watch and I hear the occasional good thing like Tessa Blanchard's work in that company um just want to say, honourable mention, Just she doesn't, she's not rest of the year, but just for live performances and just because I love seeing, um, you know, hashtag fancies Martina, just session with oh, Martina. Oh, yeah. Just because she's always so in. much fun live and I've seen her think two or three times this year now and always a great, great fun act to watch. She's very um, good at wrestling as well. She's surprisingly good at wrestling, but I don't realise that because she does a lot of comedy and death matches apparently now. Yeah. Um, these, these people, these women are all are really good. I'm going to go with Becky based on it's so close and I just think overall enjoyment of her performances, the overall act. So I'll go with Becky for that reason. Yeah, I I would have agreed with you if this was done in April. Um, but pff, the last two months has been a momentum killer and even I'm feeling it. So I'm just I just saying that like right now I'd put Bailey yeah. I I put Bailey over Becky. I know I did I debated I thought would I pick Bailey I mean it's good but it's so close I guess. I didn't have an mm. obvious standout. And I yeah. love, you know, I let you know how much I love Tony Storm. Even Baszler, I thought, would you pick Baszler? Because, you know what? She's always consistently good. But... Yeah. 
I love Bailey's matches. She doesn't get enough appreciation. Her matches are just violent, and that's what I like about Shayna Baszler. And she's such a nice person in real life, but she plays. Yeah. Asshole. Yeah. Um, Chen's dead, so. Oh no! Uh, I think he's back. He... <coughs> so yeah, back on the show. So I was gonna put Shayna. Oh. But, but you're gonna. But you're gonna put Lacey Evans. Oh, okay. Cool. No, but I'm thinking what <laughs> Becky did overall with the impact of the business. Okay. She, you know, she she made WWE talkative with her making it was her because that the women's the women main evented. They're not because, in my opinion, Ronda Rousey or Charlotte. And we gotta remember, even that Charlotte Ronda Rousey match was one year in the making. They planned that last WrestleMania, but that is true. Becky's the one who changed everything. Yeah, and she was the talking point for like the last up to WrestleMania for the last seven months since SummerSlam, you could say. Yeah, no, I I, I definitely agree with that statement, and uh, yeah, she made history today by becoming but, the first WWE superstar to cover yeah, ESPN magazine as well. Otherwise. It was always going to be Shayna for me because, like you said, she's always consistent. <laughs> Are you okay, bro? Are you okay? Yeah, I am actually dying at the moment. So, uh, sorry if I'm like trying to get through this pretty quickly. Uh, so, let's move on to men's wrestler of the year. I am actually dying. Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, Will Ospreay, Kobe Kingston, Tetsuya Naito, Kazichka, Kada are my nominees. I've picked Johnny Gargano. Three out of three, great takeover matches win the NXT champion, first ever triple crown winner in NXT history. Yeah, I don't need to say any more. I think that's my point made. So, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> um, I have honourable mention for Pete Dunne on this list because of his matches with Vulture and Joe Kofi were both really good as well. Um, but he's coffee. not my... Is it coffee? We're going to have a coffee? Fine. Yeah. Um, but... And I'm a big Will Ospreay fan. I mean, the guys were good, but I'm going to agree with you for, I'm going to go with Johnny Wrestling, just because, man, that guy doesn't know how to not put on a good match. I high-fived him uh, right in front of my good friend, Wes, who uh, is a bigger Johnny Gargano fan than even I am. So that made me even happier. Uh, so, yeah. No, I just really want to put that out there because he listens to this podcast. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> Sam, who's your men's wrestler of the year? Uh, I think for me, it's got to be Will Ospreay. Um, I, I get that Johnny Gargano's done uh, lots of amazing things and every match I've watched of his has been phenomenal, but I'm not that much of an NXT fan. Unlike you guys, uh, for me, Will Ospreay has continued to put on uh, like everywhere he goes, he has five star matches, a church hall in Bournemouth and the Tokyo Dome. That's the same place for Will Ospreay. He's going to work as hard in, in, in both places. I can vouch for that. I saw him about three or 400 people in like Guildford, like theater room. Um, you know, uh, as a week after New Japan, and he's still put in the same amount of effort. Yeah, and that's what will hurt him in the long run. So actually, Fair I watched point. an interview with him uh, a couple of days ago where he's talking about the G1 and how uh, that's why he decided to go full time with New Japan because then he has to work fewer dates so he can still be a nutter. He he said it's his. It was when he was on the Edge and Christian podcast, which is which is worth listening to. He said his mm. thinking is he should always go like the clappers because you you know the fans who've come to see him have still come to see him. So doing New Japan means he can still have that attitude but not kill himself doing it. And he started to change his style a bit as well. 
although actually probably not that much for this G1. But yeah, Will, Will Ospreay, current junior heavyweight champion and British wrestling legend, is my pick for wrestler of the year. And Chen, don't say Baron Corbin. Nope, Johnny Gargano. Three for Johnny. And I don't know, did, I had Will Ospreay as my number two for sure, because he's definitely an honourable mention there, very close. Yeah, I had a card as my number two, but yeah, um, yeah, not enough love for a carder. Always gets overshadowed. I mean, I think I said last week a carder could have a good match with like a brick or a baby that was asleep, and he wouldn't yeah. wake the baby up either. And there would be times when you'd buy false finishes where the baby was going to win. <laughs> you know, that's how good a carder is. I kind of want to see a card of us as a great Carly. Is that bad? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was Mate, they'd have you biting on on near falls from the overhand chop or the big head crush thing he used to do. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! The rainmaker versus a brain chop. Uh, <laughs> if we're doing a card versus random, but can I have him against tugboat? Oh yeah, that would also be a crack of match. <laughs> Why is he trying to kill me? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's uh, wraps up the best of the year so far. After the break, we'll be doing the worst of the year so far. Hey you! If you like the podcast, then remember to like the Holy Shoe Wrestling Podcast on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Holy Shoe Pod. Do it! Do it now! Oh my! My voice is gone. So um, I'm handing the reins over to Jason and Sam to be a worse host than I am. So Jason, uh, let's uh, start with you hosting match yes. of the year. So this far. is like this is like where Mike, yeah, Michael Cole's voice gives out at the end of WrestleMania. So Booker T has to do the commentary. What could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Which makes sense because we Shocky are. Shocky like, ducky quack quack. Oh, it does God. make sense. Let's put a really bad commentator reference in before we get to the worst of the year so far. Yes. So it seems to make sense. I'll start then. So taking over next, the next match is match of the year. So the shortlist for match at worst match of the year shortlist Undertaker v Goldberg from Super Showdown, Kofi Kingston versus The Bar from WWE Fastlane, Lars Sullivan versus all of Lucha House Party at WWE Super Showdown. Rey Mysterio versus Samoa Joe at Money in the Bank, if we're classifying that as a match. And Baron Corbin versus Braun Strowman from WWE Elimination Chamber, which also wasn't really a match when you think about it. Um, Chen, which of these is worst match of the year, or did you have another one? I was going to go with Undertaker Goldberg, because I didn't watch Super Show, I don't watch these glorified house shows, but I just tuned in for that one match, because... Of what everyone was talking about. Um, with Did the it Rey live Mis- up to your expectations? Well, you know, I was... I Even though I was said <laughs> I was excited with Goldberg's promo on SmackDown, I was never going to tune in, to be honest, because this match was like 15 years too late. But with, every, with all the botches I heard about the match, how can I not tune in just to check out that one match? Cool. So th- that's not your choice, though. You're going for something else. No, no, that is my choice. But I just wanted to say, with the Rey Mysterio versus Summer Joe, you can't say that's a bad match because wasn't Joe injured with the with the bad cut to the ice? It's a weird one stop. where he had. It seemed like he had almost a broken nose or a bad cut, and they had to rush to the finish. And Rey also got injured, so it all fell apart. But yeah. it was a match. Okay. Okay, Sam. 
Uh, I, there's only one choice in this list, isn't there? Both men nearly died, and it was, you know, part of a slightly less ethical show. It's got to be Undertaker versus Goldberg. I, I actually specifically watched this match and only this match from Super Showdown because I read everyone saying it was so bad, and I thought, ah, it can't be that bad, can it? Really? It's Undertaker and Goldberg, surely. How bad could it possibly be? And then I saw Goldberg put that heel hook on, and I just thought... <laughs> that amazing uh, heel hook. Matt loved that heel hook, didn't Yeah, he, he sure did. Uh, that match just really shouldn't have happened on any level. It kind of fell apart from the very beginning. Um, Rod, I know you sort of boycotted Super Showdown, but did you get around to seeing this match, and what was your worst of the year? I did not watch any of Super Showdown, therefore I cannot fairly comment. Um, um, boycotting. Yeah, I, I did boycott it. I was going to go, that's a strong word, but yeah, I just... Not interested in paying my network's fee that we, that month, so I, I scrapped it for a month. So, uh, instead, I picked Baron Corbin versus Braun Strowman, Elimination Chamber, 10-minute ball fest. Was it even 10 minutes? God, I, I, think, I think it was about 10 minutes. It was just the most boring. No, I think it was no DQ as well, but it was just really boring. And all it was there was to set up uh, Corbin, McIntyre, and Lashley. To face the shield at Fastlane is an excuse for a Fastlane reunion. Strowman gets no retribution or a universal title shot. Yeah, this is boring. Pointless. Yeah, so I'm going to agree with Sam and Chen. I'm going to undertake a big Goldberg because I was there watching that at the Hooked On events thing and the whole bar was like, what the fuck, this is terrible and just laughing at their big main event. Everything went wrong in that match and... You knew it wasn't going to be good, but they still managed to live down to the expectations even more mm. than you expected. So, I think Very disappointing. I think, Broad, if you'd seen it, you would agree. But, yeah, you chose not to see it, but I think you'd have been with us. <laughs> I feel I like that was probably the right though. choice. Yeah, probably the right choice. I'm yeah. I, I, watched, I watched an Eve show instead. I think it was called Super Shoe Down on Facebook before yeah, it Super cracked. Sh- yeah, and, uh, yeah. That, that was actually really fun, so uh, no regrets on my part. Yeah, probably a good choice. Uh, so from the worst match of the year to the worst overall show of the year. Obviously, we all love wrestling, but not every show can be good. And we think these four uh, were particularly bad. Uh, so first and foremost, it got a lot of attention in the last section. WWE Super Showdown, uh, a.k.a. Blood Money in the Bank. Uh, we also have in totality WWE Raw uh, in totality WWE Smackdown Live so that's every episode and then last but not least uh, WWE Stomping Grounds uh, Chen uh, what have you got for your worst show of the year uh, and stomping, why Stomping Grounds oh it Stomping me, Grounds it took me at least oh I just wish I just read the reviews to be honest. When really? They... I mean, it had a couple of good matches on it. No. So, the only reason why I put it in there is because it had the worst build-up, probably, of any show. Yeah. But apart from that, I I don't actually think it was anywhere close to being worst show of the year. In fact, I think most of the WWE pay-per-views have been good this year, hence for all that analyze inclusion. <coughs> and I just hated how the main event did, or how it ended. It's like... Hey, it's a Becky. Let's let's just bring the girlfriend out to save the day. Like, come on, man. She was on her own, being the man, and now you want her to be the man's man. So, like, oh, 
think you'll find Seth is the man's, man's man. man. They're even selling t-shirts. It's a bit grim. It's just... Oh. Yeah, I wasn't enjoying... I didn't enjoy it. The only good thing about it was the special referee. That's the whole point of the pay-per-view for me. Who will be the special referee? And that was a great swerve. I didn't expect it to be Lacey Evans. So, one small up, but overall, WWE stomping grounds, many thumbs down from Chen. Uh, Brod, what's your worst show of the year? Uh, quite clearly, Monday Night Raw. It was until <clears throat> literally well, all of them. two weeks ago. Past two, three weeks, it's been inc- incredibly poor. Um, yeah, just inconsistent storytelling. Uh, nothing good. Um, yeah, I I really think this has been the worst year in the history of Monday Night Raw. Which... Um, it's just it's it's not like it's, it's not the rest in ring content or whatever. It's just literally bad storytelling. And what is a what in this golden era of television where great storytelling is key? People want to think that going back to the 90s, to the Attitude Era is a solution. It's not. <laughs> like, well, come on, the Attitude Era had such great storylines. I'm not being serious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, did, it did have fun storylines, don't get me wrong, but it was, it was appropriate for the era where car crash TV was dominant, where mm-hmm. it's trash TV was dominant. Now it's this golden age of television and WWE's script writers gone down the toilet and only one man can be blamed for that and that is a Vince McMahon so um, yeah Monday Night Raw has been absolute dog shit which one is it that had the Bray Wyatt stuff on it the Firefly Funhouse was that both of them did oh okay so we can't say we, that, that conclusively I mean that it was a good debuted on Raw but they repeated it on Smackdown because they don't oh, fair enough. Brand put it on because they have no clue cool so Raw from Rod Jason have you got any thoughts um I wouldn't. I can't vote for all of Raw because there's still the occasional good thing like the fire, like Bray and his fire flyers, and there's been a few good matches over the whole year and back some of the Becky stuff before it all fell apart. Um, for me, there's only one choice. It's Super Showdown. And, you know, for that main event and that battle royal where it's like, who the fuck is this guy winning the whole thing? Oh, he's from Saudi Arabia. Wow, you've made this completely pointless. And I'm at the stage where I probably won't even bother watching the next big Saudi show because it's become such a waste of time. Yeah, I'm with all of you guys as well. The Super Showdown shouldn't have been there. There's no good reason for them to be running shows in that country. Not to get too political, but... Money. You don't really want to be giving people like that a lever like they're giving them. Uh, and then on top of that, not only is it in kind of a slightly questionable location, the show itself is dog shit as well. So, yeah, Super Showdown gets gets worst show of the year from me, I think. And I think that's going to bear out at the end of the year. Unless the next Saudi show in, what, November is even worse, I think we've got a winner. Yeah, but yeah. I'm surprised. Do people expect a good show in the first place? Well, like I said, it's just a glorified house show. I don't. When you, from- when you see the card and you see there's always one or two big spectacle matches but then to be fair to them it was what like 50 degrees so even like the matches with decent workers can't be that good just about even the workers that card guys guys this is a show this is a show that exceeded wrestlemania remember it was, that. It was, it was <laughs> at least as good as it if not exceeded it it's a fair point uh, <laughs> wasn't even that <laughs> 
Let's just move on. The next one should be as good at or exceeding stomping grounds. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Worst moment of the year. I realize, like, Sam, you're the Corey Graves to my Booker T during this segment. <laughs> okay. So, worst moment of the year. Um, Lacey Evans walking down to the ring, I guess, multiple times. Shane McMahon beats Roman Reigns. Ugh. That awful chair shot onto Cody from Sean Spears with the gimmick chair, but it still went wrong. Racist Hulk Hogan returns at WrestleMania. The wild card rule. Or the main event on Raw after WrestleMania, where you may remember the crowd completely turned on WWE. And afterwards, when you watch it back, they sweeten the audience. And apparently that's not what happened. Um, I'll go first because I've read these out because for me it's so obvious. It's a wild card rule. It's such a cheap, terrible idea. They've used because they realise they don't want to actually have to come up with storylines and I'm hoping it goes away now they're splitting the shows up a bit more with Heyman and Bischoff. Um, but Brod, what's your one for worst moment of the year? So, <clears throat> might be controversial but the chair shot to Cody. Um, that doesn't belong in 2019. But is it because if it you went do wrong, want to see right? that? Because they gimmick the chair, so they, they gimmick the chair, so it's mm. give, give don't away. risk it. They, like, it they know wrong. what happens. Yeah. They know what happens. Concussions happen. I mean, listen to the stories from Mick Foley. Balls Mahoney had a gimmick based on this, and his brains went to absolute shit. Like, why are you taking such a risk in 2019? For all the criticism that WWE gets, and this is not a WWE versus AEW thing, but for all the criticism WWE gets, you know, they realise that some moves you shouldn't do, and that is up there, number one. I mean, that has been knowledge for 10 years, like with Chris Nowinski and stuff like this, you know, and even if you don't get a concussion, you can get CTE. It's a dumb move. Yeah. in fledgling competitor to WWE, a televised competitor to WWE is dumb. It's absolutely dumb. Mm. You can lose sponsorship deals over that. It's bad. It's not just bad for the individual taking it, but it's bad for business. And that's what this is ultimately. So, yeah, this is dumb. Dumb moment. And as I said, it was another thing to ruin what was an absolutely fantastic Cody match. Fair enough. Um, Sam, what are you going for out of these bad, bad moments? So I'd just like to do one quick honourable mention, uh, and it is for uh, what happened after the tag team match at the G1 special at Madison Square Garden in, in New York on WrestleMania weekend. Uh, I think there was a fight, a four-way tag match. I can't oh, remember yeah. exactly who's in it, but Gorillas of Destiny, uh, the current IWGP tag champs, they retained their Ring of Honor belts in that match as well. And then after the match, kind of just after the match, Enzo and Cass like jumped the barrier and started fighting with wrestlers that were in the match, but like not, but that they didn't televise it. They had like a weird shot where they went to this panel where you could see it all happening in the background. They deliberately didn't talk about it. 
it, it was a stupid idea and all it did was piss people off. Nobody thought it was cool and nobody wants to see either of those people in a spot like that. Uh, and all it did was ruin the relationship between New Japan and Ring of Honor, which has endured to, to this day in the new in the tour for the Super J Cup. They're not having any Ring of Honor workers or, on their shows at all. For basically all of the New Japan events in the US, they've stopped book, booking Ring of Honor people. Uh, G.O.D., when they come to the ring with the Ring of Honor tag belts, they chuck them around. They leave them on the floor outside the ring. They don't hold them up or anything. Uh, so, yeah, it was a really bad idea and a terrible moment that we didn't we didn't need. Uh, so fuck you Enzo uh, but my actual moment of the year for the serious nomination is definitely racist Hulk Hogan returning at Wrestlemania it's 2019 we do not need that big yellow dickhead on the television anymore he can fuck off and he can stay fucked off uh, are you proud of me that I sat down during his segment yeah well done yeah 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 thank you Good job. I was there I was there, people. Making um, your voice known. Yeah, well, in that case, I, I think I did say fuck off, you racist, at some point. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, Honourable mention, just whilst I remember, Bret Hart against Bid at the Hall of Fame ceremony. Oh, Same night. Man, that sucked. But oh, we yeah. also then got the really good moment of the wrestlers beating the shit out of the guy. So that was good. I don't think that was professional. But, uh, now, you get in the time. ring, you get the shit beaten out of you. Yeah. Rule. You can't it, deny it, you don't know it. I'm with Jason, and it is part of wrestling. If you're not a wrestler and you cross it's that barrier, it's a billion dollar corporation. It's a billion dollar corporation. It's a billion dollar corporation. It does matter. You don't do that on TV. It's dumb. You don't hit an old man. Yeah, yeah, but you don't. But that's what the court system is for, and you know that could jeopardize a court case. So it's a dumb move. Anyways, hey. yeah, I'm with Sam. It's the Hogan moment. I'm not going to lie, the first five seconds, I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. But then I realised, wait, what the reality of the situation was. And keep in mind, I did cheer because I grew up loving Hogan. He was one of my favourite wrestlers growing up. Uh, whether he was babyface or he'll NWO Hogan. But yeah, the first five seconds, I was cheering. And then I realised, wait, what this guy did and everything, and we did not need him there or... I get it, WrestleMania was built around Hogan and everything like that, but we don't need him anymore and everything. And I still don't think he's given him a great public apology and whatever, but just stay away. We don't need him. Just leave it. Fair enough. I think we're choosing Hulk Hogan as our worst moment of the year. Yeah. I think that has won. Uh, so from worst moment to worst tag team of the year, there's quite a lot of them, which is quite depressing, actually. So uh, here's our shortlist. Anyway, uh, the free agents, a.k.a. Enzo, Enzo and Kaz XL or Enzo and Cass, as they were previously known. Uh, the Forgotten Sons, The Ascension, uh, Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah and the Kabuki Warriors. Uh, so, uh, Jason, who have you got and why? Worst tag... I'm, I mean, it's a weird choice, but for me, I'm going with the Kabuki Warriors because, one, the name, and two, I really think they could be a great tag team. But what have they actually done since being put together? So it's more for the lost opportunity that I'm making them my worst tag team and just hoping they actually remember this tag team exists in the second half of the year. 
All right, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I would say the same, actually. That was going to be my pick, too. They, it, they just brought them out on Raw, like, the Kabuki Warriors, and everyone was like, oh, yeah, cool. Those aren't the two Japanese ladies I thought would be in a tag team, but fine. And then that was all we heard about them. They're um, so talented. and they're they, like... they beat the Iconics in Japan. Oh, yeah, they oh, beat they, the Iconics yeah. in Japan on that Japanese tour that nobody actually saw, did they? Um, so yeah, that's my pick too. Uh, Brod, who have you got? Tough one, but I went for Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah just because they bore me every time they get on screen on NXT. All right. I, I kind of like watching Aaliyah come out every six months or so and have a different gimmick. So that amuses me. She's been there for years. She's boring. Bye. I'm sure there's a joke about a plane crash to be made here. Um, but anyway, moving on. Chen, who's your pick? Kabuki Warriors. I was there with Broad. I think when the, the name was first announced on SmackDown, wasn't it? Oh, yes. <laughs> we're like, what the fuck? Yeah, it was, Smack- we're like, it was SmackDown people they were introduced with Paige. It's horrible. Uh, that, was, like, that, that, that was at the O2 we in London. Like, we were both like, this is not going to end well. This is potentially potential destroyed i just thought wow how racist yeah what is it with wwe and coming up with shit names for tag teams this year we got the kabuki warriors and the viking experience uh, like you, you know what bad. i like pal i like bukkake oh, <laughs> yeah. we couldn't call them that Vince. Uh, so what can we call them i don't know uh, kabuki that's uh, japanese uh, that's yeah. japanese uh Kabuki, did you say? God damn, pal, you're a genius. Ah, oh, such good shit. Um, such good shit, pal. So uh, yeah, I think it's fair to say then we've all picked the Kabuki Warriors for our, our tag team worst tag team of the year. But I think uh, we should be very clear. Vanessa oh, Bourne and Aaliyah. Except Brod, yes, who picked Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah. I don't actually know who they are. Um, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, the Kabuki Warriors get it, but we should be clear. I think we'll all agree it's not because either of the wrestlers in that team are bad at wrestling, but more everything surrounding that team that gets them into the ring, uh, they're just not good at. Yeah, I'm hoping they actually get a chance to wrestle in the second half of the year. That'd be nice. Um, so moving on to worst promo of the year, I guess. Worst talker overall of the year. So shortlist here. How would have some other names thrown out? Shane McMahon, Lacey Evans, Braun Strowman, Mandy Rose, all from WWE, and then the librarians, uh, Peter, is it Valalor and Lever Banks, who I know better as Blue Pants in AEW. Uh, it's Peter Avalon and Lever Bates. What did I say? said Peter, or whatever it was, and uh, Lever Banks. Lever. Well, anyway, I'm actually, I really like Blue Pants, Lever Banks, so I'm annoyed at this librarian's gimmick, but I'm going to let you guys say who you think is the worst. Chen. Worst talker slash worst promo of the year. I'm probably going to go with Mandy Rose. Because with the librarians, yeah, they're not that great. But I do like them on being the elite on the YouTube page, on the YouTube channel. Uh, I, I don't, why, why is uh, Lacey Evans on this? Because Brock uh, wanted to nominate her. He's fine for nasty, is what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I mean, I admire a commitment to character, but um, when you can make a wooden script feel more wooden, that is a special kind of talent. Mm. I'll probably have to go with Braun Strowman. It's just everything about Braun this year has not been good. Push-wise, everything. 
I've if there's a wrestler who has fallen off big time, it's Braun Strowman. Should have never split with Nicholas. I mean, I'm just going to put this one out there. I don't think Braun Strowman should ever talk. I think his character works much better when he was in the Wyatt family as just like a big, scary, he's, shouty He's good at roaring. No. I, I just want him to roar. No. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's, that's what I mean. I, I disagree. I disagree. I mean... When he was a heel, he was good on promo. Yeah, yeah. Get that's these hands. You just don't believe he's going to be a good guy on the promo. You don't I, believe him. Uh, him being up Elias, like, he's just had a bad 2019. He's there because of a bad 2019. He has had good promos. I think people forget that because people have short-term memories. But, yeah, Braun Strowman, he had a good 2018. Just this year, he sucked. And I don't yeah, know why. He sabotaged himself. That's what you do. Learn Maybe. From that. Learn from that, people. But, um, yeah, my actual pick, I'm just going to jump right in here, uh, is the librarians. Uh, I find them to be annoying and not in like a funny annoying kind of way just in like when is when is the payoff from this why is it happening why can't did you watch the latest episode yeah i did yeah but they were just making what the corbin push they're gonna go to the yeah they're just but they're just making stupid insider jokes and what the librarian feels like to me is the elite having a joke that is insider to only them and we don't know it it's like a backstage joke like that they're said, doing i think it's a YouTube channel it's not going to work well in the wrestling so don't it have it on TV the wrestling show. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I i agree with sam i think with the librarians it's uh, jim Cornette summed it up best when he reviewed all elite wrestling i, I wouldn't i mean it's not the best review. He clearly is going to going in with hatred, but he says yeah, so. WWE, so you can take the piss out of WWE's hokey shit, but uh, when you do hokey shit, it's okay. It doesn't work both ways, and I think the librarians is a very good example of. You know, they want to be taken seriously. They want to have this sports like presentation, and they bring out this shit. So it's not it's not Leva Bates' fault. I think she is talented. I just think um, what a terrible gimmick. Is the other guy even a wrestler? Or is he just a manager? I, I don't understand. I don't, I don't know. I don't care. Yeah, they're they're terrible. Um, so I'm going to just... I think two of you have gone for librarians. So that's probably the winner. I'm just going to throw another name at them. I, I didn't say librarians oh. is my winner. Okay, who Shane, you with, Shane McMahon's my winner. He, ma- he makes Raw and SmackDown boring every week. Ah, okay. That's fair. Can I build on that? I kind of like Shane's work at times. But related, I'm going to go for Vince. Because when Vince comes out now, he is a liability. He forgets his lines. He clearly is not able to do the premise he used to. And he almost needs direction or he says things. He gets he gets so many lines confused that he shouldn't be trusted with a live mic anymore. So I'm he going shouldn't for be Vince. trusted with the script either. Yeah, I'm so, you're going for Shane. I'm going for Vince. We've got two McMahons in there. And then the librarians and Braun Strowman. But it's it's a split group. That's... Not a not a great result, but two McMahons suggest that they need to get their shit together. Indeed. Cool. Uh, so moving on to our next segment. I didn't manage a neat segue then, and I'm sorry, everyone. Um, but, you know, next week we'll the have your regular... The neat segue would have been a Vince McMahon and commentary thing where you'd have to go, what a manoeuvre! Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pretend... So... If you're listening, pretend I did that in your head and then tweet at the Holy Shoot podcast account like that was the funniest bit of the show. Um, and so we'll move on. Commentator of the year. Uh, well, as commentator, got... you should be clear, Sam. 
I, I'm, I mean, this is why I'm not on commentary. Uh, but yeah, Beth Phoenix, uh, Alex Marvez, Sam Roberts, main event does still exist after all, Renee Young and Excalibur. Uh, Brod, who do you have in this list and why? Alex Marvez, purely because he was a dribbling mess of a commentator on All Elite's first ever show. Why they're going to be bringing him back for a future show, which is apparently happening, I do not know. Um, he managed to successfully bring down Excalibur and Jim Ross down to his level. And I'm not impressed with Excalibur, by the way, after two shows, just saying. But Alex Marvez, crap. Well, yeah, fair enough. Jason? Can I just confirm? I don't watch main event very often. Does Sam Roberts do that same, like, heel shtick on main event that he does on the pre-show? Yeah. Okay, so the Sam, reason why so so the reason why I included him is he got a lot of shit for um, criticizing Dana Brooke in almost a shoot way, just like he did with Bianca Belair, saying she's not worthy of NXT yeah. takeover. Fair enough. Um, he's my choice based on that. Then I figured yeah. that was why. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind his podcast. He's an alright actual bloke, but when he's trying to be hill commentator, it's just awful. That's the character I really, he I really, was, I really want to give him a haircut. Is that bad? Who, who was the fe- who was on who was the female commentator for Takeover? Beth Phoenix. You know what? Oh, yeah. Chen's thinking about it. Is that your pick then, Chen? Beth Phoenix. I mean, I think that's the first first time I didn't like her on commentary. You, and to be fair, just going back a few episodes, Chen I said, did yeah. pick Beth Phoenix and Christian to be like his commentary team for his draft. I didn't draft. like her in this one. I did not like her at Takeover. But I'm probably gonna go with the. I'm probably gonna go with yeah, Sam Roberts. Yeah, I forgot who Sam Roberts was, but I looked him up, and he's that. He looks like well, yeah, he is that guy with the kind of pervert hair. You know, <laughs> it's great hair. It's hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's like, dude, you don't know what do you know? Do you know what you look like? Yeah, yeah. It went well for Screech. Actually, you're joking, but Screech was like the best part of that. Do you remember pro- Celebrity Pro Wrestling that was on MTV? All oh, of them yeah. were actually shit except Screech, who was actually really quite good. Um, but yeah, yeah. perverts as well. Hasn't Screech been in a sex tape? Yes, he has. It, yeah, he's. It gets very dark in the last few years for Dustin Diamond. Let's not go down that path. Yeah, no, indeed. Um, he, he, needs, he needs Diamond Page. He does. So I think I'm the only one who hasn't given my pick for commentator of the year. Uh, it's going to be... I'd, I can't say Excalibur. I think, yeah, for the first All Elite show we've had this year, Double or Nothing, he was really bad. But I did think he got better for um, Fighter Fest. He's still saying insider terms, but he has been just like a niche indie commentator for years. This He could be really good. But Alex Marvez was absolute shite and should not be on any wrestling commentary booth ever again. There was no reason for him to be there uh, at all. Just just bad. Even worse than uh, when New Japan used to have Matt Stryker and Yoshitatsu, who could only say about 10 words of English. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, he's worse than that. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Yoshitatsu, I remember him talking about Styles Clash. He goes, Styles Clash both broke both my necks or something like that. I'm like, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. What do you I, think I, about this I, I Yoshi? Can't... He goes, good. And that's all. Like, oh, great. Yeah, you really added something there. It's like, uh, just maybe this is not a strong point. Bless yeah, us. yeah. 
Uh, so, I I'm not going to hate on Yoshitatsu. Like, it's very difficult to speak a second language. So, so fair no, of course. That on commentary, damn. So it looks like you've gone for Sam Roberts overall, probably worst commentator. Beth Phoenix makes it through, didn't get picked up. She would never have been in this next category, though, I think, Beth Phoenix, because we're talking about worst women's wrestler of the year to date. So um, that's how you do a segue, Sam. Yeah, see, I'm not a professional like you, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> so, worst women's wrestler of the year to date, a shortlist we've come up with, and welcome to add to this Lacey Evans, Dana Brooke, Janessa Bourne, Aaliyah, and I'm going to group the next two together. It's basically Baszler's two girls, Duke and Shafir, because I don't know if many people could tell them apart because they just are basically the same act. Duke That's who they are. One. I didn't even know what their names were. There you go. Um, Chen. Give me your worst women's wrestler of the year, and why is it not Duke and Shafir? I haven't seen much of them two, but like I said, <clears throat> Brod, you're giving me your illness. Uh, like <laughs> I said, I don't, I don't follow NXT on a reg- week, week in, week out, so I don't know much about them two. Um, Dana Brooke, I think she has potential, but she just doesn't get the opportunities. Lacey Evans, I think, yeah, her push is a bit coming a bit too early for her, but she can wrestle. So I, I'm, if I was to go with someone that I don't really care, Mandy Rhodes. Mmm, good choice. I would want Sonya Deville to get the push that Mandy Rhodes is getting. She deserves Preach. it. Preach. Rod, who's your worst women's wrestler of the year? I've already today? mentioned her. I've already mentioned her, so I'll keep it short, Leah. Fair enough. You're clearly... Far too long. Bye. Clearly not a fan. Sam? Um, you don't want I... to the NXT girls, so who are you going to be going with? I, I don't. So I just want to do a quick honourable mention for Alicia Fox. I know this is a bit of a controversial point. <laughs> no, she, that's, that's, a, good, that's year, a good choice. She, she got Arn Anderson fired this year because oh, yeah, she yeah. turned up to a live show drunk, so she can fuck off. Uh, but my actual pick for Women's Wrestler of the Year is probably from this list, Dana Brooke. I don't... What does she, the only good thing she does is when she's being the statistician for Titus Worldwide, and she doesn't seem to do that much anymore. She um, does she? I, I don't I think Titus care. Worldwide exists anymore. No, exactly. So, so there you go. It, 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 she's rubbish in the ring. She botches. She's not particularly fluid. Uh, she just fits that that thing that Vince likes so much, which is like oh. quite tall, vaguely muscular blonde women. That's what Vince uh, likes. Uh, Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose. Okay. I, I I don't think Dana Brooke. I think she has improved. Um, she's a hard worker. She's one of the first to get there, last to leave. I I find it very hard. I find it very hard to put it down there. To be honest, just on a work. I just don't think she's been given opportunities, so I can't really. Do uh, she was three years ago, and she blew him. Um. So, Jason. So, so, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to group them together. Just um, Shayna's two girls, Duke and Shafir, because from what I've seen of them, they just do not deserve even to be on NXT TV so far. You watch them in a match; they can't actually do anything. Um, and I'm sure in a few, we'll give it a year, they could deserve it. But at the minute, if you watch them, they literally are doing very generic, like, introductory training class matches and relying on a better talent to just get them through it. So I'm grouping them together and saying both of them and hoping yeah. they get better so we can do something cool with the horsewomen at some point. Yeah, I'd never want to see that horsewomen match. It just, I, I don't think they have it. 
I just remember when those two girls first started turning up, and everyone's like, oh, maybe we'll get that at Mania or at some big event. It's like, the girls haven't even, like, learned to wrestle properly yet, and you want to put them on a big show. At least they haven't rushed that one, and they realise how bad that would have been. So, yeah, I'm putting yep. those two together as my worst women of the year and hoping they improve. So, from worst women of the year, everyone went, didn't they? Yes. Yes, they did. <laughs> so, professional as always. From worst women of the year to worst men of the year. Well done, Alex Marvers. I, I think, yeah, I think it's... <laughs> I think it's fair to say there's quite a lot of bad male wrestlers, um, but here's a short list of them. Uh, Tommy Dreamer, Co- Conan, Conan? Conan. Conan. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Conan. It's K-Dog. I spoofed him at the start of this show. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I just didn't know that was how you spelled his name. Uh, Brock Lesnar, Shinsuke Nakamura, Lars Sullivan, and the best in the world, Shane McMahon. Uh, Brod, who have you got and why? Shane McMahon. That's he's it. the best that... in the world though Brod uh, yeah I'm going to just jump in and join you on Shane McMahon just to sort of point out there's two votes for Shane here because he just looks terrible and just for those punches more than anything else when he does the punches or that when he tries to put a submission on someone and his big hip toss that's his big move just have him do no disqualification matches and we're fine I was about to say yeah but what about that match at Wrestlemania that stuff with George Mizanin that was gold yeah yeah it was but that wasn't an ODQ match. Did he? Yeah. Fucking hell. All right, no. So so he actually got George Mazzano into the ring. And why George looks so confused is because that wasn't part of the plan. Yeah, I know. That was ad-lib. Shane Shane McMahon improvised that. He goes, just follow my lead, man. But By the way, (laughs) I I just want to say I don't hate Shane McMahon. I think he's a cool dude. By all accounts, he's a really chill guy in real life unlike his dad, so I would love to meet him one day. Just just do no DQ matches only. Because their match at WrestleMania was fun. Apart from that, they all sucked. Yeah, I didn't realise he managed to break George Mizanin's rib in that section. So like, how did he manage to do that? He didn't even hit him with a move, did he? It's yeah, he, like... did. he punched him. Oh, yeah. That's real. Like, how are you throwing work punches and breaking someone's rib? Uh, I wasn't going to vote for Shane McMahon. I was going to say something else. But I think I'm going to change my vote. He shouldn't be a wrestler. He should be a marquee. He should be like, like you say, like for an ODQ match or something. Bring him in as like a special gimmick with loads of trash in the match. Uh, He's not a wrestler. Ironically, George Zanum match was that marquee match. Well, I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. But I mean... That was unsafe behaviour. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it was just just, just bad. There's other lads on here. Like, my, my other pick was either going to be Nakamura or Lesnar, just for being possibly two of the most gifted wrestlers in the world, doing, like, some of the shittiest matches of the year. Hey, hey, Brock had a good match with Finn at the Rumble. Yep, true. But he's lazy apart from that. Yeah. yeah. Brock... So Brock isn't Brock just doesn't try. Biggest flop is Nakamura, who failed to hit his potential. Uh, but for me, I love Shane McMahon. Yeah, the best in the world gimmick is kind of annoying, but I love Shane McMahon. I have no issues with him. But for me, it's Lars Sullivan. We already have a Braun Strowman. I don't get Lars Sullivan's character, but it's he's just like, boring. He's like Braun Strowman, but also he's racist. 
Yeah, I mean, but this is putting her personal problems aside. <laughs> just wrestling ability and character. I didn't even like him in NXT before this uh, stuff came up. I thought he was pretty good in NXT. It's just, yeah, shit run. Uh, the racism stuff. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and the stuff he said about Stephanie McMahon as well. It's just grim. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I'm just judging on wrestling ability and Lars Sullivan. Eh, rubbish. Yeah. I mean, we must be clear. Uh, I mean, Lars Sullivan did make those comments before he joined WWE, and that yeah. was like seven years ago. He could have definitely changed the personality by that. By, oh no, by absolutely. I, I'm happy by, to. Uh, by all accounts, he was trying to be very redemptive after the facts with uh, some of the black superstars. Uh, uh, this was according to one, one report. So just point out, Tyler just for that, that. come out and say yes. he's really impressed with the way Lars has handled this. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. It's just saying those things doesn't make a funny joke. Um, Unfortunately, Lars, I'm sorry. I'm sure you've got, you know, you might have changed or improved yourself or whatever, but I will not stop making jokes about what you did on those forums because it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) So what do we, have we we agreed on Shane with a backup of... I mean, as as I did say, this is more of an individual thing, but yeah, Shane McMahon is... Overall, the worst men's wrestler in the world. He is, in fact, not the best in the world, yeah. He's the He's best, best in the world at being the worst. Best in the world. Uh, the worst. <laughs> in the world. Anyway, uh, who wants to do the outro? Because I, I don't want to do, well, it. Let me do it. Let me do a quick outro. Sam, I'm going to let you do your prod impression at the end, but let me make a quick reference. Because this will okay. be coming out probably on Wednesday. Just to remind anyone in London that a bunch of us will be at Heather Bandenberg's book launch on Thursday night. I think, Sam, you might be doing some recording while we're there. Sort of just doing yes, talk yep. Some of the sort of experience. But Heather was on the pod a few months ago now, I guess. She's now rather pregnant and has a book coming out and she'll be hosting the events and not wrestling, but there'll be some great independent wrestling and stand-up comedy at the Resistance Gallery in London, Bethnal Green on Thursday. So just putting that plug out there. It's free as well, isn't it? It's completely free. Apart yeah. from you have to pay for your beer. You, if you hear this, you owe it to yourself to go there. It doesn't cost any money. And the Resistance Gallery is one of the best venues for watching live wrestling you'll ever attend. Yeah. Right. Sam, do you want to do the end line? Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I was desperately trying to look up a script because I can't remember exactly what he says. I know you have a little bit that you normally say now about that was the week that was and thanks for listening to the podcast and that's the bottom line because this pod said so. How was that? Let me in. <laughs>